there is no passion there is no vision there is no aggression there is no fucking mindset i love what i'm being shadyish i'm being shadyish sometimes it may be good sometimes it may be shit respect 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 Welcome to the first ever episode of No Tactics, Just Vibes, brought to you by 613 Sports. It is the 613 Sports Media Division's new soccer slash footy podcast, whatever you want to call it. I am your co-host Cameron, and I'm here with... I'm Matt, and we're here for just some vibes, you know, and we're going to talk about uh, football. what happened in the football world this weekend. A lot of things to go over, but uh, looking forward to doing it with you. Exactly. So thanks for joining me, Matt. So basically, the kind of the premise of this podcast, what it's going to be is, you know, like we said in the name, you know, we're not really here for the, to give you the Thierry Henry analysis kind of thing. That's not where we are. I will. I'm a newer, exactly. I'm a newer fan to the sport. I'm trying to get into things, you know, within the past 12 to 18 months, I would say. So I'm here, you know, for the banter and to ask the questions that maybe you guys don't want to ask. You're a little embarrassed to, you know, to ask your friends that know a lot. So we have Matt here for Matt's been a lifelong diehard. He's played soccer all his life. Footy, he's getting mad if I call it soccer. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we're here for. You know, nothing super serious. We're here, you know, have some fun, talk about things, but also give you some real analysis and, you know, maybe kind of make it more relatable and not as complicated as you might see on uh, the big media outlets. So with that said, you know, we have to talk about, before we get into things, you know, a little bit of a background. Matt is a big Chelsea fan, diehard Chelsea fan, one of the smallest clubs in London, probably. And I am, uh, joke, man. I'm more of a Serie A guy, you know, I'd, I follow the Prem, I support kind of Brentford, I like the story of their owner, you know, his sort of moneyball approach to things, I don't really have a horse in the race when it comes to the Prem, so that's why I'll be the neutral for you guys, to chirp all the teams equally, but Matt, kind of give a little bit of intro about yourself. But unfortunately for Serie A, like, like Cameron said, yes, big Chelsea fan, but we'll get into it right away, since uh, it just finished, Cameron is a big Milan fan, but unfortunately, they just lost in the Derby de Milano. It was this. It was it was a horrible performance from AC Milan. Inter dominated the game. It yeah, was, honestly, man, I don't know the, the, what I've been seeing. I don't know. Last year was a great Scudetto run, but Leao hasn't been himself since uh since the World Cup. Honestly, came off the bench. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Pioli and Leao there. I'm hoping Leao stays. He's a great player to watch. But I don't know if you watched the game. If you didn't watch the game, uh, Inter scored off a corner in about the 34th, 36th minute. Uh, Lautaro Martinez, the World Cup hero. You know he scored so many goals in the hero. World Cup. Uh, you know, he really carried Argentina this World Cup, uh, World Cup to that championship. Way better than Enzo Fernandez, but we'll get to him later. Uh, but yeah, but Lautaro scored a header off a corner because Kier is beyond washed for Milan and couldn't couldn't defend it. Uh, Leao had a great run late in the second half, played over a ball to Giroud off a screen yard turnover, the future PSG man, because he wants to go to a big club. Leao had a great run, Giroud, terrible touch, fumbled the ball, and uh, that was about the only chance really Milan had in the entire second half of the game to try and equalize. And uh, yeah, honestly, you know, it kind of sucks. Like, uh, Milan's really trash right now. It's tough. You know, you're getting new into the sport. Obviously, you want the team you kind of uh, are, are starting to like to, to do well. Do but something. Exactly. But, they, I mean, something. they have no money. We'll get into the transfers later. But, I mean, that's just the problem Can't you have right no now. Money. No, sir. For for now, Milan is blue, I guess you could say. But the Scudetto, you know, it's still red for now. Well, we'll get more into Serie A later. We'll, we'll talk about Napoli a little bit coming up. But, yeah, I don't know. How many are your thoughts on the Derby? Inter did a good job. I don't understand what Pioli is doing leaving Leao on a bench for a big game like that. I don't think that should happen ever. Not one of your best players. And the fact that they're still negotiating the contract with him, I mean, who knows where he goes in the summer if he doesn't stay in Milan. I know that there's a lot of talks about him wanting to stay at Milan, but you think about it, right? They they might not make Champions League this year. They just lost to Inter, and they're not going to win the Scudetto this year. So, I don't know. I see. I think I could see Leao on his way out if they don't find a way to resign him fast. Because of the, especially with the relationship with Pioli, like I don't know how you don't start him for that game. I can I can't imagine that. Like I was happy with that at all. 
big transfer fee in the summer incoming. Not sure if he's Enzo Fernandez worth that he's type of money. So but, clear of Enzo. But uh, no, surely not. Not even Mudrick money, to be honest. Oh my god. Well, I want to ask you before we start talking about that uh, that small blue club in London. Uh, I want to ask you, you know, your thoughts about the maybe what if Pioli is just overthinking things here at all. You know, we talked about the formation a little bit before we started recording here. Milan kind of with a weird formation today to maybe try and match Inter. What do you think? What do you think Pioli was trying uh, to get too smart and was trying to out, the, out coach or I've what do you think happened? Seen, there? I've watched. I've definitely watched the last two Milan games and big takeaways that I saw was they were horribly defensive. They were horrible defensively. Like both their goals in the the what was this the Supercopa? The ones that they gave up to Inter there was just awful, awful defending. And then who did they play in uh, last week or midweek? Uh, last remember? week they got absolutely slapped by Sassuolo. About a, a, mid, a mid-table club in Italy. Definitely not a small team. But yeah, they, they lost to Sassuolo. I think it was maybe 4-1 or something like that. 5-1, maybe. It was it was a beatdown. I mean, defensively, you'd think that they'd make, a cha- they'd make a change for that reason. But going with a back three and then having four there, I think that was just more to match match Inter because he knows that Inter is going to play with a back three and then five across the midfield. So I guess maybe tactically he wanted to see if he could get uh, at least an advantage going forward there, but uh, it didn't help. And uh, I don't know how you, even then, I still don't know how you leave Leao on the bench for that to start the game. I, I don't think it's an overthinking of things. It's there definitely needed a shakeup since uh, because of the last few results. It didn't work out. I don't know. Maybe they, they make that change again in the future. I don't think they'll leave Leao on the bench again. I don't, I don't know why you would. So, yeah, I just I don't know. It's just like it'd be like United uh, benching Ronaldo in his prime. I just don't know what the what the thought process was there. But obviously, Leao is not Ronaldo. That was not, not Ronaldo. That's not a comparison I'm making. Don't cancel this episode one, please. We're we're just getting started. Don't don't cancel us already. But yeah, Leao he's obviously the backbone of the team. Him and you know Magnan, he's not playing right now. But uh, that's enough Milan talk for right now. We want to go over to the EPL for before we go back to Serie A. We have to talk about it. You know, this past week the transfer window just closed. And, you know, Chelsea spent in this window, I believe, 320 million euros. Say it, say it, say it. 320 million yeah, finish, euros. Finish what you're saying. And then, Mudrick and then played maybe 11 games in his life. Enzo Fernandez has had a good six months to her in his entire career, you know. But at the end of the day, Chelsea still has Mason Mount and Kai Havertz as the backbone. Uh, 0-0 tie to Liverpool. 0-0 tie to Fulham. Um, Chelsea has not scored a single goal since they signed all these players. So what do you have to say for yourself, man? We, you have, we didn't. You have you have Harry, Enzo's, Enzo's you have Harry Potter coaching your team. Uh, yeah, that's with that's Kai Havertz as your starting striker. Like, what's going on with this blue Kai, team? Kai Havertz is, is, has always been a, a key starter for us for a while. But the thing is, he's lazy, and you can tell he he doesn't go for the ball a lot, and he ends up sitting sitting really far back and trying to turn and get the ball to his feet in a defender. But that's not who he is. He's a he's a number ten. And you can see it when he plays. He's not good with backing up into a defender and then receiving the ball. Oftentimes when he does that, he loses it or he'll make the wrong decision. So he needs somebody in front of him. Based on this weekend, what I saw from just 10, 15 minutes is I know he's young, but you got to play you gotta play somebody up front of, in front of Havertz, whether it's David Dutra-Dufano, who did have a really good really good debut in my opinion. He Another signing Chelsea it was, made. This it was, um, he could have scored. I don't know if you saw it. He could have scored. But the thing is, the, the the game got to him. A big game, your Premier League debut at Stamford Bridge, and he went for glory when he should have just taken one extra touch to beat the defender and then score into the open net. That is what it is. If we're talking about debuts, though, Enzo Fernandez. Oh, my God, what a game. I know. What, what a, a game. game. What a nil-nil draw. What a game. What no, a no. The, see, Cameron, Cameron <laughs> thinks that because he's so expensive, he should be scoring goals. But no, that's not who Enzo Fernandez is. He's an orchestrator. He's a regista. The guy was playing balls across the pitch like it was nothing. He had one. One misplaced pass that almost ended up in a Mitrovic halfway line goal, which which with Kepa in net, with Kepa in net, you're like, oh no, man! As soon as the ball was heading up there, but luckily, Kepa's Kepa's actually been one of our best players for a while. He made a mistake against City. Still, he's three clean sheets in three games for Chelsea, and surprisingly enough, I, I just saw a stat that's we're actually 
third in the league for clean sheets. Unfortunately, yeah, we're still tenth. Exactly, that's what it is. And I think that Mount needs to sit on the bench. Obviously, like Mount's Mount has been no help for us. You watch the game, and especially with that one ball, he he had the chance to play either Havertz or Mudrik through. The the Mudrik Mount was playing on top of Mudrik. Don't don't get me started on that. But he just waited too long, and then he played a really really bad pass and. It could have been a goal. So I think we need to drop Mount. We need to drop Havertz. Maybe freshen up. We got bare attackers, bare talent up there. Joao Felix comes <laughs> back next game against West Ham. I'm expecting big things, but at the same time, we can spend all this money. And a lot of people make the argument like, oh, you guys spent like all this money in the transfer window and nothing's changed. But this is that, facts. But this is facts. That, that's, a, that's a stupid argument. You can't expect just because we spent all that money for things to change instantly. I'm sorry. It's a project. Everyone that, that knows about what we're doing right now, it, Chelsea right now is a project. We're playing horribly. This is one of our worst seasons I've ever seen as a Chelsea fan, bar the one we had where we finished 10th place with Antonio Conte. But things will start. I, I'm positive about where we're going because of what, I've, what I saw in that game. But we do need goals, and we need to turn things around like right now. So then I want to ask you, how how do you think, is it as simple to fix Chelsea offense? Is it as simple as, you know, just putting Mount on the bench and bringing in a replacement? No, or what is, no, the, what is the issue with Chelsea's offense? It's, 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 it's a lot more than that. Kai Havertz is a good player, but he needs somebody in front of him. We, did, we didn't buy a striker, and I'm not saying that we, we should have, but it would, have been, it would have been helpful. What we really need is to kind of figure out a way to, to get either Havertz in better positions to score or to get him more involved in the game because when he plays up top there he sits and waits too much and when he gets the ball at his feet backing into a defender he's not Kai Havertz is not that type of player we need somebody up in front of him and we do have the talent for it and we we do lack a lot of creativity when Mount and especially when Mount and Connor Gallagher play together they're both playing in the eighth and it, it just wasn't going well so I think what we really need to do is just shake things up right now tactically our starters as well things need to change our, our defense has been solid for the past few games, which is a really good up, but uh, things need to change up front. Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know. We'll see what happens, honestly. Obviously, you know, I like to, like to make fun of him a little bit, you know, since his team is spending all that money. is not doing that well, but uh, it is an exciting project to have going forward. You know, it's a lot of young players. Maybe, you know, it's, not, it's probably a more of a five-year plan than it is a, a six-month plan to the end of the season. But moving on from Chelsea, you know, we'll t- we're going to talk about them a lot in this podcast going forward, you know, every every week, and we'll probably be talking Chelsea quite a bit. Um, But another team, another big team, in the, it's really in the, been in the mud right now. Liverpool losing 3 nothing to a relegation battle side in, uh, in the Wolves. Um, what is going on with Liverpool here? 3 nothing drop. I, I have a really... 0-0 tie to Chelsea before. They're, just, they're not playing well this year. They're not even close to making a European spot. I think they're about, I think it's 15 or 20 they're points off first place right now. Like, they have a just... game in hand. What is going on with Liverpool? What's going on with Jurgen Klopp? And what's wrong with this squad? Well, one of my friends is actually a really good Liverpool, really big Liverpool fan. And his his argument to me is always, they have no midfielders, which is true. Like, Fabinho has not been very good this year. Their, their best midfielder has always been Thiago. They needed to buy a midfielder in the transfer market. And what did we do? We bought the midfielder that they probably would have went for in the summer. So that's another reason why Enzo's worth that 120. But uh, Well, counterpoint that but, I have to ask you then. What, uh, well, it's, you know, it's been rumored for a while, you know, Jude Bellingham, Maybe mm. going to Liverpool is that? Is you think? What do you think about that? You think that, that, that can... it's expensive? If Enzo's going for one twenty, I mean, obviously it was the winter and it was different circumstances. But Bellingham, especially because he's English, it, the price would just the English the, tax the inflation crazy. The English will go crazy. crazy. So and Liverpool don't really have all that much money either. To be honest, they, I don't think they have the the hundred twenty plus to just throw around and spend on a midfielder, even if even of Jude Bellingham's caliber. I don't know if a midfielder fixes that situation because. 
one another stat I was I was talking to Cameron about before they bought Gakpo who is absolutely firing in the Dutch league and in the World Cup scoring left right and center since he's been bought he hasn't scored that's the big thing right you know you buy a player that's scoring goals all the time you expect him to score goals but he hasn't scored yet and it's been at least a month and a half so there there's a lot of problems with Liverpool um but the biggest one to me is is by far is they don't have Van Dijk Van Dijk was so important to that team like he was of all probably the biggest English transfers of all time or transfers of the EPL of all time. He he's been so important. Like he's such an important part of that squad because without him, what, what do they have? Joel Matip, who, who, who's good. Don't get me wrong. I do really rate Joel Matip, but this year it was, uh, I mean that last game against Wolves, it was horrible. Joe Gomez was played awful as well. And then you have Trent who's not really trying defensively. So, I don't know. Uh, there's there's a whole lot of problems with that Liverpool team, but some people may argue it's it's Klopp, but I think I think it's just the circumstances. To be honest, I, as a Chelsea fan, we're I'm a we're a victim of circumstances right now with our whole team being like injured, so especially key players. But Liverpool, I think it's the same boat. It's just the fact that it's Van Dyke. So do you think you know? Obviously, like you said, Bellingham might be a huge move for Liverpool. Obviously, an English player bringing him back to one of the biggest biggest clubs in England historically. Do you think there's maybe a player that Liverpool could sell to try and get some money to, you know, recoup some assets to try and go for Bellingham in the summer? Or do you think they just have to hold up and kind of just hope for the best? And hope they I can know get the they're money trying. Together? I would say that they would want to sell a forward, but uh, I know they're trying to re-sign Firmino uh, because his contract's coming up soon. Uh, I don't think you sell... Maybe you sell Jota, but uh, I don't think thinning yourselves in that department when there's teams in the Prem that are so strong... With, for uh, going forward, like City's got assets going forward, we have assets going forward. Um, Tottenham's got tons again too. It's kind of crazy. I don't think you sell a forward, and the fact that they're out of options mid in the midfield or uh, in sorry in midfield too. I don't think you sell anybody in the midfield. But but who would you sell defensively, right? I mean, Trent is an important part of that team, even though he's not really that great defensively. And then what do you have? You have a Van Dyke, you have Kanate, you have Gomez. Do you try and sell Gomez for a little bit of money? Uh, maybe that makes sense. Robertson, Samikas, I don't think you sell Robertson because Samikas is not uh, it's not first-team quality in my opinion, but uh, I don't think there's really that much to sell. I I don't know what you do if you're Liverpool, to be honest, besides buy a midfielder. That makes sense. So I guess kind of basically Liverpool's kind of got to hope they can pull some money together in the in the summer, I guess. And just you got to find form. Right? got to find some form and try and pull some money together and just make a big push for Bellingham, but... You know, that's a problem more for the summer. Obviously, we'll get into that stuff later down in the future. Uh, we want to talk about also another big game from this weekend. Obviously, we talked about, we'll talk about it quickly, but Arsenal dropping uh, dropping points again. Lost three one nothing to Everton. Huge, huge, could have been huge implications for the title race right now. They're five points ahead of Man City going into that game. Uh, they had a chance, you know, beat Everton, who's literally a relegation side right now. They've been in they awful form this bottom. year. Bottom of the league. They lost one nothing. Uh, road game. Everton always plays Arsenal well when Everton's the home team. Arsenal hasn't won there in like five games or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you want to be a championship team, you have to beat teams like Everton. Thankfully for Arsenal, if you're a Gunners fan, they were bailed out by uh, another fantastic display of Pep Roulette. Um, for those who don't know, Manchester City lost one nothing to Spurs. Tottenham Hotspurs after what would have been a great opportunity for them to close the gap to two points. If they could have beat Tottenham, they would be two points behind first place. For them. With uh, a game against Arsenal coming up still, City with Erling Haaland, all these superstars they have in the squad, could not muster a single goal against Tottenham, and they lost one nothing. Harry Kane, 267th career goal. I believe it was, uh, I think, most goals in Spurs history, yeah. not EPL, most goals in Spurs history. Harry Kane breaks the record today in a huge day for Tottenham, and uh, ironically for Arsenal as well. Saying a huge day for Tottenham, that's crazy. <laughs> But yeah, wow. I, I don't know how you you blow that. 
like I don't know. It's Tottenham apparently is is Pep's kryptonite, and then Pep goes after the game and then blames the loss on the fact that the the trip to from Manchester to London is four hours. <laughs> That's what he said. He said he's like, oh, I'm so tired. We we had to travel four and a half hours and. That was an excuse for losing that game. I can't believe that. That that's ridiculous. You have all this money, all the all this talent, all these players, and you, and you you can't beat Tottenham. How do you not beat Tottenham? Well, and so here's kind of my theory. I want to I want to kind of get your opinion on Homan. So it's um, I you know I started getting more into EPL this year. I started like getting into the FPL league. It's kind of made me learn. Obviously, you can't compare players' performances in in FPL to actual games, but it's kind of made me learn more about players. And I've been following more guys. You know, like KDB and like all the, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and all these guys on Manchester City, and they have so many, how many superstars they have, Mahrez, all these guys. Do you think that maybe it's a problem of like having too much money, buying too many superstar players? You know, when you get to a point where it's like you need to build a team that can actually gel together and not just have superstar names. It's not like you're playing FIFA career mode here where you have all these superstar players and, you know, just build an all-star squad and win every year. Do you think that maybe it's gotten too much for Pep to manage having all these superstars and trying to rotate the squad and it's just too much talent for him to play? Because for those who don't know today, Kevin De Bruyne did not start this game. He came, in, he came in, I think, around the 60th minute, uh, subbed in for Mahrez. So, and obviously, I mean, De Bruyne's one of the best midfielders in the world. He's been the backbone of this City squad for a long time. We'll talk about Joao Cancelo in a few minutes here. That's another big story for Manchester City. But do you think maybe it's just too much for Pep to manage all these personalities and all this talent in one locker room? I'm not sure. Pep's, Pep's got a history with this, though, right? You think about his team with Barcelona all that talent there but that was the only time he really won to be honest right a big champions league sorry not one he's won the league everywhere right he's a great manager but with Bayern, it was kind of a similar situation you you have all these great players and then you don't produce on a on on the top level in the champions league domestically you can he's did great but I, on a European level, again, you look back to the the Champions League final where they played us, and people were talking about how he was overthinking the tactics there when he was playing players out of position. I don't know if it's necessarily because he's got so much talent that he's just overthinking it, but really, what it is is like there's some games that you you watch City play and some things that they do, and it's like what are you what are you doing, Pep? For example, when he was playing after the World Cup, when he got the idea from Luis Enrique to play Rodri <laughs> at center back, I don't know where that came from Luis Enrique too what are you thinking like <laughs> like you you talk about having one of the best DMs in the world and you're playing him at center back is beyond me I I see a team I can see a first 11 at City that starts pretty much every game I, I don't think there needs to be there, there there obviously needs to be a rotation because they're playing so many games Pep doesn't need to do all this thinking so i agree with you in the sense that he's overthinking it definitely sometimes with some players and overthinking his lineup and just rotating too much but then you have he perhaps got bias like he's always got biases like this this whole situation with Cancelo. i guess we'll i'll get into a bit the, right now it, it started with him preferring to play rico lewis over Cancelo. Cancelo being last season arguably one of the top three players in the prem last season and then here you go with pep again getting into some sort of argument that we don't know about or the relationship just going sour between him and one of his star players and then city losing Cancelo to Bayern Munich which by the way and makes city the biggest in my opinion makes city the biggest losers of the transfer window and for I, those who don't know just to update just so Cancelo obviously he went on loan to uh Bayern kind of a shock move loan and the option to buy option to buy for I believe 70 million euros uh good deal for Bayern now they have I mean Davies and Cancelo holding down the both uh, wing back positions I mean, huge move for Bayern, maybe great move for the Champions League going forward. But yeah, I'll let you get back into your thought there. I just, I think that that move is ridiculous. Like, you, there's players that will always speak out against Pep. Like Zlatan did it, for example. <laughs> Eto did it. Like Zlatan's quotes were, "You, you don't go to war for Pep, but you go to war for Jose, right?" So, 
I, I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, we can't really see what's going on at the pitch or inside uh, their, their facilities. But with Pep, man, sometimes he's a great manager, don't get me wrong, but sometimes he just does things that'll make you think, like, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, and just to toot my own horn a little bit, you know, I like I was saying in that FPL league I joined. So there's a group check one for it. And, you know, when there was about two or three games in a row there where Cancelo was on the bench or didn't get a start, uh, I did say, I said, I said, you guys think there's any way that Cancelo leaves City in the transfer window? You think he might want to ask out since Pep's not getting, uh, he's not getting a regular place in the squad anymore? Everyone called me crazy, like, oh, this guy doesn't know anything about footy, he doesn't know what he's talking about, blah, blah. But I mean, you look about two weeks later, and out of nowhere, it kind of came, you hear Fabrizio Romano, here we go, confirmed. Uh, Cancelo's on his way to Bayern, kind of out of nowhere. So, it's kind of something to think about, and I'll, we'll kind of leave it at this with the City situation. Uh, my hot take on the situation if Pep does not win the league this year and does not make at least Champions League final, I think he's going to be on thin ice with Manchester City. Oh, That's no. my hot he just, take. He just, re, he just resigned. I don't know. But uh, with a squad like City, man, the, the ownership, they want to win. Pep has had an all-star squad for like five years running now. He's won the EPL back to back to back to back, whatever it was. I, I'll give him that. But with a squad like that, you have to win Champions League. You have to prove you're the best team in Europe. Same thing kind of with a squad like PSG. They've had a bunch of manager turnover. You have to win a Champions League. And if Pep can't at least get them close to there, I think he's going to be in a situation where he's not going to get fired. But I think he's going to definitely have... Uh, a closer look being put onto his position, you know. You got guys like KDB who are finding their ways on the bench now. Cancelo's asking out. So, I don't know. I think it's definitely a, a rocket time for City. And, you know, maybe they prove me wrong. And, like, behind this episode comes out. Or in a week from now, they beat Arsenal or whatever. They're playing Arsenal. And I look like twice. an idiot. They play Arsenal twice. twice. Maybe I look like an idiot. But that's just my take for right now. We'll see what happens. Another player. We want to transfer back to Syria. Another player who's been very disgruntled with the coaching. We want to talk about this a little bit. Nicolo Zaniolo um, from the Inter Academy. One of Hamza old boys. But he's, <laughs> no. been, he's been with Roma for a while now. Roma, a Roma midfielder, attacking midfielder. Uh, basic situation here is uh, Mourinho, obviously, is coach for Roma now. Zaniolo asked for a transfer. He wanted out. Nobody really knows why. I think kind of just his ego sort of getting away from himself, which has been a big problem for him his entire career. I mean, last year he was beloved in Rome. He loved uh, Mourinho so much. He scored one of the winning goals to win Roma the Conference League, one of their first trophies. I think maybe their first European trophy ever. And somehow, not even 12 months later, we're at a position now where Zaniolo had to move out of Rome because the fans were threatening him because of the position that he took. He had to move to La Spezia, a town literally in the middle of nowhere in Italy. Nobody lives there. So it's just kind of a situation. He asked for a transfer. Tottenham was in talks with him, but they they wanted to uh, do a loan with no option to buy. That didn't that didn't fly for Roma. Uh, Roma accepted an, op- an offer from Burnmouth. Uh, Michael B. Jordan was trying to get Zaniolo over to the EPL <laughs> uh, for 30 mils. Zaniolo said no. I think maybe his ego got the best of him again there. He thought he was bigger than a yeah. club like Burnmouth. And then he wanted to go to Milan, but Milan does not have any money like we've been over, so they couldn't afford him. And then he kind of the next morning was like, okay, I'll go to Burnmouth, but they had already signed Traore from uh, Sassuolo, and they were out of money. So, well, out of money for FFP, obviously, not uh, actual money, because we all know the Prem just has infinitely deep pockets. They should have amortized. They should have amortized. <laughs> But so Zaniolo couldn't go to Bournemouth. And now, basically, he went from, in a, about a three-year span, you know, he's had a lot of injuries, but in about a three- or four-year span, he went from being one of the most promising talents in not just Italy, but a very promising talent worldwide, maybe could have been a future $100 million player, to now he might be signing with Galatasaray in the Turkish League because Roma's not playing anymore. They said, you're out of the squad. You don't want to be here. We're not going to sign you here. And basically, he might have to go to the Turkish League now in, at the age of, I think, 23, 24. So it's just crazy to think about. I want to get your thoughts on the situation, huh? You know, maybe just a player getting too Turkey, big for his boots. Going to the Turkish league is where your career goes to die. 100%. So I think he's finished. It's over for Zenyol. If he's gotten to Galatasaray, good luck. Good luck coming back. <laughs> you look at people that go to Turkey, it, it's when they're either when their career is over. So you look at Falcao and Drogba that went to Turkey just to kind of draw out the rest of their career. Or you look at example, like for example, the... A young player that went to Turkey is Deli Ali, man. That 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 story is a whole different thing, man. Where everyone knew he was just not willing to put in the work, 
and that he was supposed to be one of the best English players. Like he was getting the Jude Bellingham talks mm-hmm. before Jude Bellingham was Jude so Bellingham. So is the so. clip of Mourinho telling the player that he needs to work harder as an encouragement be over? Is that is he talking oh, about yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I tell Cameron to watch All or Nothing all the time. <laughs> He's got to watch All or Nothing because that that's a. Uh, Especially that Spurs one was a great one, but yeah, he was talking to Deli Alley. So because... it's kind of funny you have two superstar young players now, both under Mourinho. I'm not just the two of them. Oh more, no, but... don't don't blame Mourinho. I'm no. just saying, but it's just something to think about. You know, maybe Mourinho is right more often than he's wrong. People like sometimes you know he gets hated on, but he told Deli Alley. Deli Alley obviously was right. I think he plays. Does he, does he play for like a relegation side now? Squad in the Tur- Premier. No, Turkey. He's still he's in like, Turkey. He's still in Turkey. Deli Alley. Bajiktas. So that's a huge fall off there. He got subbed off in the 22nd minute <laughs> of a game. Take that in because he was just. Playing like so there's the thing. you have Deli Ali, who was a potential Jude Bellingham back in the day, going to Turkey. You have now Zaniolo, another player who was supposed to be one of the next cornerstones for the Azzurri national team, going to Turkey possibly now. It's kind of crazy, you know. Maybe they should listen to Mourinho, these young players. He knows what he's talking about. He's had success. He's the chosen one for a reason. So there's the Zaniolo situation. I don't know. It's been something interesting to monitor. Obviously, I like to follow Syria. And Roma is my second team. You know, it's where my family's from. So. This guy supports so two we teams follow, in the same league. It's like to follow. You know, we have the the club with the heart and the club that we have domestically. You know, that's, we have we have to just don't listen to him. This league. guy's crazy. He's not a real fan. That's why. You know, he follows a he follows a farmers league. He just picks wherever he feels like. You know, mm-hmm. I actually have some blood ties to it. Um, but Zaniolo, obviously, you know, if he doesn't want to be in Roma, then good riddance. It's kind of just sad to watch. Obviously, I like to watch Italian talent do well. And so it's kind of sad to see him, you know, maybe be going to Galatasaray and be ending in such a his promising career, career so early. A complete opposite side of that in Serie A. Maybe players who are making themselves cases to be $200 million players in the near future. We have to talk about Napoli. Victor Oshiman, excuse my pronunciation, Vicha Quaracelia, however you, however you say it. These guys have been playing crazy for Napoli. Napoli just, they do not lose. They have like a 16-point lead on the Scudetto race right now. They've been balling out in Champions League. You just have to give Napoli credit. They've been so, so exciting to watch. Such a fun team. Men is running away with the uh, Capo Cananieri title, leading goal scorer in the Serie A. Baracelia has, I think, 22 goal involvements in 22 games, which is crazy for a player who is literally 21 years old. It's his first time playing in a, in a top five league in Europe, coming from Georgia. It's just insane. Huh? I don't know if you followed Napoli much this year, but what are your thoughts I on just, these guys? I just I know about Osman and and I I, I don't re, I'm not even gonna try and say his name, but but the <laughs> we fact call him Kvara, call him Kvara, Kvara. Yeah, yeah, he top assist in the league as well, right? Another thing, obviously the goal involvement is he's huge, but he's also the league leader in assists. But you you're right. I mean Osman, in my opinion, he's on his way out this summer. I'm the reason why there were so many expensive players in the January transfer window was because of circumstances. I don't think like in the summer, I don't think that Osman will be crazy expensive unless you got like united that are just gonna be like oh you know what chelsea spent this much we're gonna spend this much uh, even not city they just bought holland so and they have alvarez but i don't know if osman will be worth that much but he's scoring goals and he's proving himself so if napoli can't hold on to him he he's gonna be an expensive and hot prospect in the summer uh crav is it crava 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 is a different story he just signed the contract right so uh, that could be another enzo situation where the teams are going to be like, oh, he's that good where I will spend all that money because Napoli just signed him. He might be way more, he, he'll probably be more expensive than Osman, to be honest, if he goes. He's younger. He yep, is younger. He'll, he'll be way more expensive. He's younger and he's signed for another, I believe, it was a five-year, five five, five, I think, so he has four years left. I think, honestly, if Vada and Osman, in my opinion, if they leave, I'd love to see them to stay because it's nice to see talent stay in Serie A, you know, hopefully make the league back to where it once was, but those guys are super talented. Even in the, if they ball well, out in the yeah, Champions that's, League, that's the, the Champions is going to be the huge thing. If Who they do they can, play? Uh, they play Frankfurt. Oh, they have okay. Frankfurt for right. so hopefully they, they obviously Frankfurt did win Europa League last year, so they are uh they're not a, they're not a team that's just should be taken lightly. But Napoli, the way they've been playing this year, you expect them to win and get Take to the walk. next round. We'll you hope so. It. Hope you expect so. it. You expect I'm not it. gonna say it. all anybody who follows Napoli listens to this. They know Napoli always finds a way. They get cursed since the Maradona days. 
uh, ever since then, it's kind of been tough for them. So we're not going to say it. We're not going to jinx it. But I think they should hopefully pull off a victory there. Um, but yeah, do you, think they, do you think they they make it past the, the second round? Like, say they the, end honestly, up against a team that, think, like, a, like a City or a Liverpool. I think Napoli I mean, needs a favorable a draw. But as honestly, I think they could... PSG, obviously, PSG and Bayern playing each other, so that's tough. But PSG and Bayern are tough teams. Uh, City as well. But I think, honestly, uh, and you know, you have your Madrid always, of course, too. Uh, Madrid's not in great form right now either. But outside of those big, big clubs, I think, honestly, Napoli can beat any team when they're at their best. And they could give those teams a serious run for their money. I, won't, I don't think you'll see... Um, like a three nothing, four nothing beatdown. I think it would be a close game. You know, maybe a two one. Well, they they beat three two kind of thing. They beat Liverpool like crazy. Yeah, they but, smoked. But then Liverpool, again, Liverpool is again struggling like crazy. They're struggling now. They were they were in better form at that time. They weren't great, but they were in better yeah. form. Um, but yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I think I think Napoli can make noise in the Champions League this year. I think they could make a run. Um, obviously, saying they're gonna win it or get to a final or anything like that is crazy. It would be amazing to see, but that's a crazy prediction to make. But I think that Napoli could really surprise some teams going into. You know, maybe the quarter, semifinals, kind of thing like that. Uh, we're going to have to see, to be honest. I, I want to see how osman has been yeah, in the league course, for a while. It, it all Ossiman's depends. It depends on the draw, of course, too. Obviously, the draw, you know, has a lot I, of luck I just want to see Osman do it against the big... Uh, I mean, li- obviously, he has. Liverpool's a big... T- I want to see him do it against the Madrid. But see, the or, thing is, even with, with Napoli, obviously, Osman's a beast. But Napoli has strikers on the bench that could start for a lot of clubs in Europe, honestly. Raspadori, Simeone... They, Simeone is like, oh, Simeone's they okay. played amazing in the Champions okay. so far. They've been playing really well in the Champions League. Raspadori is a great young prospect. So honestly, you know, for Napoli, it might suck if if they lose Osimhen. But if you can get like over 100 mil, maybe 150 mil for Osimhen to a Prem team, that's like, bro, if Anthony's going for 70, 90 mil, whatever, that, that, that's Anthony a ridiculous for, thing. Then you Osimhen can go for 150. But that's United. I swear. That's a United that's thing. That's but all that's it takes is one thing. team. And then you have Raspadori to take over. It could and you, be, you invest it could that be. money into the midfield, into the defense, and Napoli's laughing for the foreseeable future. It, it could could very well be Chelsea. And that's the thing. To, to, for the money to go, it's either going to be... Honestly, it's I'll either say this. Be I would hate Chelsea. to see Osimhen leave, but it would, honestly, Osimhen will get back to Chelsea a little bit would solve Chelsea's problem of missing a striker. You know, right now, I make fun of, I text Tom all the time during the Chelsea games, Havertz is not that guy. He's not a striker. Osimhen up front for Chelsea would solve a lot of problems. Playing with Mudrik, all these guys who can give him great service in the box would be huge. How old is he? he Osimhen, he's like 23, 24. He's a very young player, just entering his prime. We haven't seen the best of him yet. So just to recap things quickly, you know, obviously, like we said, um, Osimhen, Huge, huge player for Napoli. Maybe we'll see if he goes to, to England this summer. I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays in Serie A, at least for one or two more years. It's great to watch young young talent it's, thrive it's in the league. It's hard to see them stay, though, when it they're is hard young to keep them especially. That's true, especially with, you know, it's hard to keep with the money that Prem has. But uh, it would be nice to see them stay, but we'll see what happens in the summer. I think that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. We know we've talked about the major storylines across the Prem, across Serie A. If we missed anything you guys think you want to see us talk about in the future, let us know. We'd be happy to hear from you on our Twitter, 613 underscore sports. Same thing on Instagram. We leave comments there. We'll be posting clips and stuff like that from the podcast there. Maybe post them on YouTube if you guys want us to post them there. We'll post, uh, we don't have the cameras right now, but if you want to see some video of me and Hom, you know, getting into things over the podcast here, maybe we'll get one in the future. But let us know what you think. And if we missed anything important, is there anything else you want to add, Hom, before we sign off here? Uh, good, good first episode. Uh, there was a lot of good football this week, a lot of good things that will happen. And I'm looking forward to when the Champions League starts back up then, and then we'll have a, a lot to talk about with that as well. So 100%. So, yeah, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, i just let you know our plan going forward. We're going to be trying to post these every Monday morning, probably Monday afternoon. Depends how the scheduling goes with the week. Weekends, you know, if when those weekends they have just FA Cup and stuff like that, maybe we might not have a super long episode or anything like that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, who cares? Really, who cares? Unless it's the finals, semifinals. Um, but FA that's Cup just my big. opinion. FA, I don't know. I think Copa Italia is bigger than us. That's just my opinion. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but that's our plan. Monday episodes. 
And then when Champions League starts back up and European football, or maybe doing some uh, some uh, episode on Thursdays, so two episodes a week, Monday and Thursdays, we'll talk about that small team Arsenal yeah, in the Europa Arsenal League. You know, when Thursdays, Arsenal plays yeah. on Thursdays, oh, we'll watch some live after, for you guys. After all the good teams have played, yeah. You know, you know who that's targeted to. If you're listening, you know who that's targeted to. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week, guys. Let us know what you think of our plan, what you think of this episode, anything we can work on, or anything you liked about it. Drop some comments. Please like it up. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, Google, Apple, whatever you want from us. Let us know. But we're really excited to get this going. Really excited to talk about some footy with you guys and uh we'll see you again next week peace peace